And we are live for the 41st episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Loves Luigi. And tonight, we got the full crew. Haven't had the full crew in a while. We got Alex. Greetings. We got Andrew. Why, hello there. And we got Vacation G. What up, G? What's up? G just chilling in luxury this weekend. Uh, the Yankees getting another series win. That's all they do. They, they just get series victories. They couldn't complete the sweep today. Uh, the Sunday game just ended like 20 minutes ago. Game there down 7-1. Nearly they tie it. Doesn't you know? The worst hop of all time happens in the tenth inning, and you know shit happens. But doesn't take away from the fact the Yankees taking six out of seven on this road trip against. I, I think you could safely say the two worst teams in baseball. But hey, it's what, you got to beat the bad teams, right? You, you don't lose to the bad teams as we saw last year, and. Yeah, the Yankees are chilling on top of the AL East. They're a nice and comfortable lead. And, man, this team's looking good. Some good games this weekend. Obviously, we didn't get baseball Friday, another rainout, just another doubleheader Saturday. They take both games. It was a good weekend, boys. Uh, how, how are we feeling about this about this weekend series, about this road trip in general? It uh, it ended on a really sour note with the, Very sour. the walk-off. But overall, I still feel like the Yankees are – in a really, really good situation right now, um, especially with they're playing so well right now. They are beating up on the bad teams, and they're in line to get you know Paxton back soon. Didi just started a rehab assignment, so they're going to get even better as time goes on. Yeah, I mean, they did what they had to do, right? We, we said it last week. We've been saying it all year. you got to beat the bad teams. Um, we got on Boston last year for it didn't seem like, you know, they were. They seemed like they were just cruising on, on the backs of, of of the crap teams, but you know they, they beat the good teams when it mattered then too. So I, it's the kind of momentum you need over the course of the season. So you know, you're never going to complain losing. Uh, excuse me, winning six out of seven. Yeah, I think there's not much more to be said really. They they've won ten out of eleven series at this point, and uh, you know they haven't all been the best teams, but you can only play who's on your schedule. And like Alex said, they'll get stronger. You know, Didi and. You know, Dellen is getting closer to like they're in a position to really get stronger as the season goes on. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, let's just let's recap the series, right? The three game set, doubleheader Saturday. First game of the doubleheader, we had uh, Jay Happ on the hill against Aaron, uh, the guy that uh, ruined Aaron Judge's season and pretty much the Yankee season last year. Eunice, uh, you know, he actually pitched pretty well. The Yankees usually. Pitched hit pretty well against him, but he, he pitched pretty well this uh, Saturday day game. But you know who pitched even better? Jay Happ, well, probably his best start of the year, the best he's looked. Um, he went six innings, ten strikeouts, had that one blemish. Obviously, the home run bug continues to just bite him in the ass, and that was his 14th home run given up of the year. But that was his only mistake of the day, and he, he pitched a great game. The Yankees' offense was going. Clint RBI double in the first, uh, scored two. Gio Rochella got a nice RBI in the sixth. Uh, Luke Voigt hit a ball. Um, how far did it go, guys? 470? Um, Went to Venus. Yeah, I'm it was more like 800. You know, stat, I'm st- the main reason I'm not, like, fully on board with StatCast is because I've seen so many home runs that, you know, the StatCast, oh, 460 or – four, and also, like, that, that wasn't 460. Like, I've seen, you know, 450, 460-foot home runs. Like, that ball was just – absolutely demolished i swore it was 500 feet but it was you know void had i think he had like almost 100 people from his uh you know his fan club family and friends you know it was a farthest home run void's ever hit a pretty cool moment that gave the yanks the lead tyro Estrada in the eighth inning 
some nice insurance runs. He gets a two-run double, puts the Yanks up seven to three. Adovino and Sessa give the Yanks three innings of bullpen work, and the Yanks take game one, seven to three. Um, guys, uh, Luke Voigt, uh, I think he's I think he's gonna be all right. I think we were a bit worried about him a few weeks ago. Uh he looks he, he looks all right. He, he's good. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I don't think you know I saw a lot of Luke Voigt at the beginning of the year, right? And uh man, that was home run number thirteen. RBI number 37, he, he's, you know, he just literally gets, get, like, it seems like he walks every game, just gets on base. He's been just so awesome. Um, guys, how about Jay, Jay Happ? I mean, it really is tough to, you know, the, the three-run home run giving up, you know, six innings, two runs still isn't all that spectacular. You kind of look back on it and say, eh, you know, it's nothing special. But, I mean, he was he was awesome. He was great. No walks, like the 10 strikeouts, that's a season high. Uh Andrew, what was, what was working for Happ in this game? Dude, I mean, he controlled his fastball well, and he worked up in the zone, uh, worked to the corners really well. Um, that's kind of what he, he lacked his, his last few outings. Uh, most, most specifically, his last outing in Baltimore kind of just left a lot of pitches right down the middle. Um, he worked really well. And, of course, uh, you know, the, the one mistake uh, to, to Whit Merrifield that, that got blasted to tie the game. But, I mean, I thought it was, like you said, his best start of the year. He had 10 strikeouts when all was said and done. And I could not believe the amount of vitriol and hate I was seeing on Twitter towards him when, when Merrifield hit that home run. I mean, like, people lost total perspective of how well he was pitching up to that moment. Did it suck that they had a 3 nothing lead and in an eye blink it was gone? Yes, of course. But he pitched a phenomenal game, and that should not be discredited. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's look, the home run bug, it's something t- it's very difficult to get over. We saw Tanaka that one year where he gave up, like, 35 home runs. You know, it's it, – all the numbers will be good, right? They were even saying Hap's numbers before the game. And, you know, like strikeouts for nine, he's not really walking a lot of guys. His whip's pretty solid. But, man, you just can't be giving up uh, a home run or two every start. It, it really kills you. And, th- really, that doesn't take away from the fact that, I mean, he's still got the win, obviously, because, you know, Voigt gets a two-run homer in the next inning. But, yeah, I mean, just – Right away, Yankee Twitter turning on him after, like, yes, it is the Royals, but he, he was flawless through five innings. And, you know, he runs into a little trouble in the sixth, finishes the inning. It's no big deal. Six innings, three runs from a guy like Hap. He'll take that every time. Um, let's move on to the second. Anything else we got from the first game of this doubleheader? Um, man, I, doublehead, that's two doubleheaders in the past week, man. That's, that's a lot. And the Yankees won both of them, but, hey. Baltimore and Kansas City, it's two good teams that have double headers against, right? Oh, man. Uh, let's see. Next game, we had it was, uh, the bullpen day, the, the the daunted bullpen game that the Yankees still really, uh, you know, they, it seems like the Yankees, every time they do a bullpen day, it never starts out well, but they usually, like, get it together by the third or fourth inning. But, you know, this one, Chad Green was the opener. Um, Andrew's favorite reliever. I think he has him first on his bullpen. Trust was coming later. Uh, Number one. Alert. <laughs> uh, you know, Chad Green just you know three hits in the first inning. He gives up an RBI double. Uh, that that's all he went. It was just one inning. The Yanks offense though, just once again picking up the picking up the bad start. Just taking the lead back. Austin Romine gets a two run hit. Cameron Mabin, DJ LeMayhew all coming through. Yankees were up five to one after two. Uh, Maybe got another RBI single the next inning in the third. It was 6-1. Um, Chance Adams got a lot of work there. Right? A double header. He got the extra guy. Um, he threw four innings, gave up three runs, but got his first big league win because the Yankees, they held the lead, right? It, 
got to six five in the ninth after uh, Chappie, uh, you know, got a little got a little reckless with uh, trying to keep Billy Hamilton close. Uh, you know, sack flies makes it six five, but at the end of the day, the Yanks hold on and win both of the doubleheader. Um, yeah, uh, I it was a good win, but goddamn, I, I still don't know why Chad Green was the opener. Like again, like it didn't work the first time. He really hasn't pitched well at all since he's come back, except for the first uh, appearance he was back, and he here he was back at the opener. Uh, yeah, but a, a bit questionable if you ask me. But hey, it, it worked out, right? The Yankees scored five runs in the next couple innings. Yeah, I feel like having Green as the opener, it's pretty much like a Boone strategy of just trying to find some way. It's you're making him face Green. the top of the lineup. It's just like so I know. dumb. It's dumb, but at the same time, like what else can you do? Yeah, you can't bring him in into a high into a high leverage situation. The last time they they brought him into a low leverage situation against the Angels, and he blew that a while ago. So like, there's there's nothing they can do with Green at this point. So I feel like that's why. They have him as the opener, just like maybe try and get him some work a little bit because they have no other options at this point. Mm-hmm. I think they like how his stuff plays up, right? But I mean, he, he just didn't execute again. He got, I believe, he got the first two men of the inning out, right, and then two singles, and and I, I guess we're gonna call it a double. That that ball that kind of yeah. <laughs> that Clint flopped at, and he ended up yeah. uh, throwing the guy out at the plate um, to only hold it to one run. But I mean. He kind of, you know, he made the mechanical change, holds his hands up higher now, but he's still throwing the ball straight as an arrow, and he doesn't use his slider enough. I, it's, I, I, what, what, what is the purpose? Like, what, what is his game plan? I feel like once down Tentis comes back and you have like the full bullpen squad, like you'll be even, you'll have like more leeway to bring him in and like whatever as low leverage situation as you possibly could right if you're you know if cc doesn't get out of the fifth inning or you know whenever if you need to do a bullpen day like but kind of like alex said like i feel like bullpen, like aaron boone is really just trying to find out like whenever he could possibly bring him into a game where he'll be effective and the first inning you know if he gives up a run like he did yesterday then you have as much time as possible to get it back which they did pretty quickly mm-hmm. absolutely um also, want to shout out Holder, Canley, and Britton all through all an inning of work in that second game. So the you know the Yankees they they used that pretty much that entire bullpen in that second game, which kind of explains Sunday's game, right? Uh, the Yankees going for the sweep, going for seven in a row, uh, or I believe they were going for eight in a row. Um, it's Domingo Herman on the mound. Uh, everything's looking good, facing off against Danny Duffy and. Wow, uh, probably Herman's worst. You know, we said it was ha- probably his best he's looked all year. This might be the worst Herman's looked all year. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to have those starts, right? He's looked great in every other start, uh, pretty much. But man, four home runs given up by Herman on Sunday. Uh, two were back to back. Pretty, a qu- little bit questionable to bring him back out for that fifth inning. Uh, you you kind of tell he didn't. Have- I get why because you know you you expended so much your bullpen with the doubleheader. You, you wanted to get an extra inning out of Herman, especially when you don't even have an off day uh, tomorrow. So I, I understood it, but you know, in hindsight, it definitely wasn't the right move. Uh, the Yankees sc- did score first this game. Clint Frazier, who had three hits on the day, had a really nice day. Um, gets the uh, RBI single, makes it one nothing. But yeah, the Royals would take a seven one lead in this one after five. But you know, you can never count this Yankees team out. Uh, Glaber Torres. Home run to dead center in the sixth, a three-run shot, makes it seven to four. And then, you know, entering the ninth, 
uh, Ian Kennedy's on the mound with a three-run lead, and that didn't stop the Yanks. Uh, Urshela, LeMay, uh, Urshela and Frazier both get base hits. Uh, LeMay, who scores them after a uh, Voight walk, makes it 7-5. to five. Aaron Hicks gets the game-tying hit, two-run single, 7-7. Seven to seven. The Yanks, uh, they force extras. Nestor Cortez almost, almost walked home. The uh, the game winning run, but he he gets out of it after loading the bases in the bottom of the ninth. But you know Jonathan Holder on the mound in the bottom of the tenth inning. There's two outs. Uh, Urshela had just made a nice play at third, and then he gets probably the most the most wicked hop I've seen this year in a Yankee game. I mean, it was just an absolutely brutal hop. The ball went like completely over his head. It trickles into the outfield. Run scores. Game over. Yankees lose. Uh, Bit, uh, you know, like Alex said, bit sour end to an otherwise awesome uh, road trip. Uh, you know, especially after coming back from down six, tying it up. You know, shit happens, right? Because uh, you know, as great of a defender as Shell is, there's really nothing you could do when a ball just hits. Like, it looked like it hit a rock or something. I, I, I don't know. I have to go back and look at it a few more times. But man, yeah, that was a r- real bummer, bummer way to end the series. But another, but you know. Like Andrew, Andrew was saying, I mean, you, you really can't be too mad at all after that game. They're down 7-1. to one. It looks like kind of a dead game. And what do they do? They fight their way back, right? They oh, This team always seems to put up a fight, even if they don't get the win. And that goes a long way, man. Um, but at the end of the like in hindsight, it's pro- probably not the worst thing that the game didn't extend, right? Your bullpen was already pretty, uh, pretty worn out, uh, so – the game only going ten innings probably probably helps you in the long run, but yeah, yeah and Yankees tomorrow's game's at one o'clock too, so they don't even yeah. have it's a quick yeah. turnaround. Exactly, it's uh, you know, obviously Monday's Memorial Day, so you got all the day games. But yeah, the Yankees they nearly sweep the road trip, uh, but they can't quite finish it off. But yeah, Andrew, uh, give me your uh, kind of just quick quick thoughts about this series in in general. Uh, what do you think the Yankees? You know. I, to be honest, I didn't think the Yankees – I thought this was going to be a letdown series. You know, at the end of a road trip, you're just coming off a sweep, you're looking good, and, you know, they, they proved me wrong. They just win another series. Yeah, I mean, I think on, on the backs of yesterday alone, um, you'd call it a win. Um, if they were able to take today's game, um, it would just be gravy. But, but to go out and just establish yourself against a weaker opponent, take two games in one day, um, obviously you got the big home run from, from Voight. You got – a good outing from from Hap that ultimately did lead to a win because of Voight's home run. Mm-hmm. Um, Chance Adams pitched very well. I mean, he was tagged with three in runs, but Gardner and Frazier did him no favors in the outfield. Uh, I think that's the biggest takeaway uh, from from the weekend, and also that you know the team never quits. Mm-hmm. Rallying from from six runs down with with three innings or four innings to go, um, even though it ultimately fell a little short. Um, those are the takeaways, regardless of the, the results, and the results were good, taken two at three. Yeah, I think I think you see a lot of a lot of promising things, um, like all throughout the roster. Um, Domingo Herman not having a good start is obviously not what you want to see, considering, you know, he got off to a good start last year and then kind of tailed off. But like, you know, Jay Happ had probably his best start. You had, you know, the team scoring runs not just because Gary Sanchez was blasting home runs, but, you know, you know, Voight had a home run, LeMahieu had RBIs, Clint Frazier continued to hit after the Baltimore series. Like, they had, you know, the doubleheader, and they were able to make it through and win both of those games. 
and uh, you know, were able to battle back and, you know, keep that feisty, you know, comeback kind of attitude that they had that they've been working on all season. So a lot of promising things that hopefully will continue as the season goes on and as they get healthier, fingers crossed. Yeah, the one thing that I think is really special about them that I was really put on display this weekend is that basically everyone on the roster contributes like to the team in order to make it win. Like they had a double header yesterday and then they had a one o'clock game today. And every, you know, it was basically every single person on the roster had some sort of role to play in the last two days. And they still managed to win both games yesterday and they almost won today. So it's just, it, it, it really shows like how different this team is from the team last year, because at least from what I saw, like the team last year, they had, you know, their set starting lineup and then they had their few uh, good relievers. And then after, and their starters, but after that, it wasn't, they didn't have much, they didn't have many players to go to. So look look how much they, they struggled when, when judge went down. I mean, we had, you know, Shane Robinson there who's next to worthless, but I mean, you still have eight other guys in the lineup, and it seemed like when Judge went down, that the entire offense took a huge, huge hit. Whereas this year, one guy goes down. I mean, at this point, they've lost three, four, five guys. Um, some have obviously come back, like Gary, but um, you know, there's always a new guy every day picking up the slack. Yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, this every, really every man contributes, next man up all season, and yeah, it's it's worked out well so far, right? Until to all the main guys get back, but guys, let's go. Uh, go give our player of the weekend. Um, I'll start. I'm gonna go Jay Happ. Um, he, I think he pitched so well. He, he was just this. Look, I know he pitched well against the what was it, the Mariners, when he only gave up like one hit, but he only threw five innings in that start. He was almost at 100 pitches. He was only through 82 pitches through six innings. Um, the 10 strikeouts. I mean, he he just looked so in control. I'm not gonna let that home run ruin me giving him player of the weekend. He deserves it. He started us off very nicely. Got us, got it the win. Jay Happ's my player of the weekend. G, who's your player of the weekend? All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with, uh, I guess t- today is quote unquote hero Nestor Cortez, and um, it's not, I guess, the most exciting pick. But Herman had, you know, he made it through five innings. He didn't have a great start, but um, especially after the doubleheader yesterday. Um, you needed someone, you know, a hero from somewhere, someone to give the bullpen a rest. And Nestor Cortez took the ball and pitched four scoreless innings and allowed the team, you know, to rest all their top guys in the bullpen and also allowed the team to come back and, you know, tie the game and have a chance to win it. So, you know, throughout the season, you need those guys, those kind of random unsung guys to to step in and help you, you know, have a chance to win games. And Nestor Cortez did that. And, um, especially with, um, you know, some more challenging, I'm thinking more challenging series coming up in the next couple of weeks, you know, having those guys, you know, fresh and healthy is going to be important for winning. Yeah. And, you know, Nestor Cortez really, he hasn't impressed, I don't think any of us up to this point, but yeah, to, for him to just give us four innings of work to just really save the bullpen. I mean, if he implodes and he's just terrible, I mean, we're going to have to use somebody else, right? It's just, he really yeah, saved the bullpen. Then, What's up, Jay? Today was his first. Sorry, today was his first work in about a week or so. So mm-hmm. to come yeah. off, you know, rusty and, and pitch 
pitch well was a huge boost. Exactly. Look, look, they were the reason Herman went back out for that fifth innings. They were looking for him to eat innings. And, you know, the reason Cortez was out there, I think some people were a little bit angered at that, him being out there in the tie game in the ninth inning. Well, you know, they're just trying to eat innings. You know, they're just, it's like the Yankees losing this game. Like that's see, like this is one of the instances where I feel like a lot of Boone haters would say, oh, you know, he's he's not going, you know, he's not going for the win. But you know, man, when you play two double headers within a week, man, like you could afford to drop a game, you know, to uh, like just to bring out a pitcher who probably isn't MLB level yet. But you know, it, it's it's worth it in the long run. It's it's not the end of the world. You lose the first game of the road trip, right, and and the seventh game. So, uh, Andrew, who's your player of the weekend? Uh, I'm gonna go with Clint Frazier, and, and I just want to preface. Uh, of course, that Clint Frazier in the outfield. Clint Frazier in the outfield. Yeah, um, Clint, Clint obviously um, struggles defensively in right field, and there's no getting around that. But he did go, I believe, five for eleven this week. Walked three times. Uh, he's been a very, very solid contributor in the lineup. Uh, I, when he came back from the injury, he was struggling mightily, and we thought we were going to get Stanton back, and we thought, well, Clint's going to go back down to AAA because he's clearly not right. Um, that burst he had earlier in the year, um, maybe just a little bit of a fluke. But now that he's gotten back to regular playing time, he looks like he's you know going to be a solid hitter in the middle to the end of, a, of the lineup. And we need that with you know Stanton setback. Um, so I, I really really liked what I saw from Clint Frazier um, today. He had three hits, of course, but but the whole weekend. Um, Alex. Player of the weekend, your last one up. Who, who do you All have? right, so my player of the weekend is Luke Voigt. And Luke. see, it's uh, the numbers on paper do not would not really tell it because Voigt only went two for 12 this weekend with two walks. But the home run he hit yesterday in the first game really was a big pick-me-up, I think, for the Yankees because, you know, Happ had just given up the three-run home run. The game had just been – it was 3-3 and then like that – um, put them ahead and ended up, you know, being the the game winning hit. And then today, um, he didn't really do anything in the second game. But then today, he had two walks, and the his walk in the ninth inning really was huge because he, there was two. He had two on, two out, and worked a really, really good at bat, and that allowed Hicks to come up and tie the game. And yeah, it was that, first and second. So yeah. his walk put both put the two runs that ended up scoring in tying position. Exactly. In scoring position, excuse me. Um, and that's just one thing I've noticed a lot from Voight is that he's been working a lot of really good at bats lately. Like I got on him a lot earlier on in the season because he basically like um I remember the series in Houston, he even though he hit a home run, he was just working really, really bad at bats. And but now it's like now ever uh, we're you know further on in the season and he just looks really comfortable up there every time he steps to the plate. He's taking he you know he takes um, close pitches. He wor- he walks a lot, and it just he's he really really um, is a force at the top of the Yankees lineup. Yeah, Voight is just having such a great year. He's a clear All Star at this point. Uh... Well, you know, it was we had we were going positive, you know, good vibes. Uh, Alex, what pissed you off this weekend? What, what really grinded your gears this weekend? Uh, I'm I'm just gonna go for the obvious right here, and then I'm just gonna say that hop that just ended the damn game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. Yeah. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, this is all. See, I would not have been angry if, say, Holder gave up, you know, 
a line drive to center field. Hamilton yeah, if, if Merrifield just squared one up. And hit yeah, it. exactly. Yeah, but yeah. This was a ground ball to third that Geo probably would have made the play on, and it took it hit something in the ground and bounced over his head. Yeah. And because of that, the Yankees just lost. I want, I want to see that rock that that ball hit. Yeah, I really exactly. Do. Like, I, so, um, uh, yeah. That's yeah. That that's really what pissed me off. Uh, gee, what pissed you off this weekend? Uh, so I'm gonna say. I mean, I know that he's you know very fast and speed is a good trait to have. It causes problems. But my my thing that pissed me off was Yankee pitcher struggling with Billy Hamilton because he's not a good hitter like at all. And, uh, you know, the Chapman, we're talking more about it, like, I guess, in the bullpen trust list. You know, Chapman had an error, and, and you know, Hamilton caused some issues. And, you know, Holder today with, you know, he ultimately won the game, Billy Hamilton, but, like, he's not a good hitter. And, um, you know, the Yankee pitcher struggling and having him ultimately come around and score runs in these games, like, is really very irritating. Yep, you know, Billy Hamilton speed, very irritating. Very you know, when he twenty five hitter though, so I mean yeah, I mean you know, he he gets on base though every once in a while when he like that's the thing when he gets he's you know doesn't get on base a lot so when he does he he's you know he's going um, really really caught wreaks havoc uh, Andrew what pissed you what well you know what didn't piss Andrew off this weekend but what one thing pissed you <laughs> off this weekend <laughs> all right we got we got irony alert coming in here um, Yankees Twitter. Bar none oh, was, was the thing that, that pissed me off the most. Oh, um, I'm oh, not going to get on anything the team did on, on the field. I mean, they took two to three against, you know, struggling team. Um, you're going to lose a game every once in a while like they did today. But the utter meltdown I saw on, on the interwebs when Hap gave up the home run, uh, people getting on, on Boone for, for bringing in Holder there when, you know, that he's trying to preserve some arms that we, we might need. Um, tomorrow and throughout the the, the Padres series and, and you know the decisions Boone made like just, it, it I can't even get the words out because it, it makes me mad thinking about it I mean just like the the lack of intelligence some people have and and I get they're angry and I get they want to vent and I've been there I've been there worse than some other people that I saw this weekend I, I'm not going to openly admit that but <laughs> try to keep a calm head this weekend the stuff I saw was was you know a little aggravating uh, really aggravating. Yeah, uh, just, you know, people, like, getting on, but, like, oh, Cortez is still in. I'm like, yo, we had a fucking double header yesterday. Like, we used, like, our, almost our whole bullpen in that second game. Like, well, what do you expect? It really, people just – people are never going to be happy. This team could be undefeated. Uh, there would still be people complaining. Um, you know, what pissed me off this weekend? I know he was you know, so one of our player of the weekends, but, man, Clint Frazier's defense is, is just so bad. Uh, he, he – you know, he don't hit he, that ball today when he just didn't call off LeMahieu and LeMahieu just literally ran all the way to right field and like Clint ended up making the catch, but it, it just. How the hell did he catch that? I don't know. Man. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I was about to say, like, he ended up making the catch, but I probably shouldn't have. Um, he dropped a routine fly ball too earlier in Sunday's game. Uh, but I get this stat from Katie Sharp. This was entering today. Clint Frazier, or entering Sunday's game, I should say. Clint Frazier was rated as the worst outfielder in the MLB, according to StatCast. Um, his outs above average is negative nine. Um, and I, I think they, it's something about how the balls Clint has gotten hit to him this year have an 85% uh, catch rate, and he's at 65%, which is just like by far the worst in the league. So, I mean, he's his outfield, it's really a problem. And it's such a shame because the dude just mashes. He's such a great hitter. 
But it's kind of, you know, it's very similar to Andujar last year, right? It's like this guy just can't play the field at an MLB level at this point. And man, like I, I knew he, you know, he'd been doing like very bad in the outfield. Like I've been watching the games and have seen him misplay and drop several fly balls. So it wasn't a surprise to see that, but I didn't realize he was like the worst defensive outfielder by a lot. Like, it's, it's very concerning. Yeah, that's what pissed me off this weekend. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's gone, Jay. I feel like Clint, if he had like an everyday position, like if he was just going to be the left fielder or just the right fielder, then over time he might get like at least a little bit better. But I'm also really hoping just as much as I am like thinking that, you know, that could happen because he's definitely got a ceiling. He's really not very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's what pissed us off this week. And we we're going to talk about, uh, you know, our Twitter mentions a bit, but I think Andrew already got into that. Um, yeah, man, just people like being like, you know, mad that like, oh, how are you pitching with Merrifield? It's like, like, eh. I, I don't know, man. It, it, people really do overthink things. It it just, it just amazes me. Like everything's not that complex, guys. Uh, well, Yankee injury news and notes. Um, guys, we got some we got some good injury news. Uh, Alex mentioned it at the start of the show. Didi Gregorius is. I think Aaron Boone said he should be less than twenty days away from returning. Um, He's going he, to be promoted mm-hmm. to uh, AAA on yep. Tuesday. Yeah, should only be there for like two weeks maximum. Um, he hit a home run in uh, his, I think, his rehab assignment game today. Uh, yeah, he's going to be probably in AAA for a couple weeks. And yeah, then he should be back in the Bronx. D- we're getting DD back. Um, obviously, though, you know, we, we've been fine without all the main guys, but man, it's going to be good to see DD back. I, I, I miss that guy. I miss his tweets too. I think we all, we've all missed the DD tweets. And I just know the first game he's back and he's playing, he's on the team. I, I know we're going to get that DD victory tweet. And it's, that thing's going to explode. The thing's going to have like 10,000 retweets. It's going to be awesome. Um, James Paxton, he was able to throw from the side, do some long toss and fielding, drill, uh, fielding drills on Sunday. Um, he's flying to New York tonight, and they'll meet with them tomorrow to figure out whether he can join the rotation Wednesday at home against San Diego. So – Hopefully we see him Wednesday, right? But who the hell knows? Um, Batances starting to throw long talk from 150 feet. He's he's making progress. Obviously, we mentioned Stan had the step back. We, we we don't know the latest on him at this point. But overall, start starting to look up, guys. Uh, we're, we're starting to get a, a bit healthier. Didn't Boone say that uh, Dallin's going to get on a mound within a few days? Yeah, yeah, I think he did. I think he did say that. So hopefully we'll have Batantis back within the month. Um, that that DD news got me hyped, though, man. Tw- twenty day, we could be seeing DD in twenty days or less. I mean, f- fingers crossed, obviously. But man, that's... I really didn't think that we were going to see DD until like August and some cons- like some circumstances. Well, well remember at least, D- at least until after the All Star break. I don't think anyone thought there was mm-hmm. any chance he'd come back before. Well, remember when DD said like, oh, like they asked. They were asking before the season even started, oh, when do you think Deed is going to be back? And he was saying, oh, like May. And, yeah. hey, I mean, he's, yeah. he is playing in, right, and obviously the rehab games, but he is playing baseball, and here it is in late May. So, he, you know, he's partially right. I think it's funny that Deedee had arguably one of the, like, most serious injuries of all the injuries that have happened, and his is the one that's, like, going completely fine with no setbacks, knock on wood, but no setbacks or anything whatsoever. They're like – 
Every single time Boone has talked about it, he's like, yeah, it's been completely fine. I think that actually makes sense if you think about it, though, because when you have lingering nags and, and pains and whatnot, that's usually where there's room for something to go wrong. Like, Didi's was clean cut. Like, he needed the surgery. Mm-hmm. And, you, and then, you know, how many pitchers have had it over the last 20 or whatnot years and come back fine? So it, it was a very clear process for how to deal with, with Didi's. Whereas you have something like Tula, where something keeps popping up. Obviously, Jacoby Ellsbury, where something keeps popping up. Like, you don't know what the hell you're doing. And that... I feel like leaves room for, for setbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, really, though, it's like DD's was, was really one of the most serious. And he, with all the injuries, you almost forgot about his injury. Like, oh, yeah, D, you know, DD's hurt, but he, he'll be back. He's recovering. It's almost like the least of your concerns. Because really, it's like that's that's the scariest thing about injuries, right? It's like the unknown. Like, Judge's injury, that could just be a lingering, annoying injury for the rest of the year. Whereas DD's injury, you kind of have like a more specific timetable on it, and you kind of know that he's probably going to be all right because it's such, you know, a common surgery. But, guys, we ready to give out our bullpen trust list? Get into it. Let's, let's do it. All right. Uh, Andrew, start us off. Give, give us your five. And, you know, we we're not going to give us uh, the last week because I don't think Andrew and Alex had a bullpen trust list from last week. So just give us your, your top five bullpen uh, I wasn't on for the, uh, the, the post-Oriole uh, series. So uh, last week I had Holder, Ottavino, Keenly, Britton, Chapman, um, five to one. I'm going to keep that pretty much intact. Um, the caveat with Holder at, at five is just that he's good for one inning. When he gets stressed for a second inning, things seem to come apart like they did on Thursday against Baltimore. And today he should have gotten out of that inning without that nasty hop. I mean, that was a ground ball at third base that would have ended the inning. Um, I'm going to keep Chapman at one. The only change really for me is that I'm going to drop Kainley down to four and move Ottavino up to three. Uh, Kainley gave up that big home run in Baltimore. Uh, but that's really the only major change. I mean, those t- top four guys are all pretty interchangeable. Yeah, good yeah, good list, Andrew. I, I like it. Alex, bullpen trust list. All right, so mine's going to be very different from Andrew's. I, uh, I Nestor still, Cort- gonna... You have Nestor Cortez first, don't you? No, I have Joe Harvey first. Is that okay? okay? Good, good, good. <laughs> um, Holder at five, uh, Ottavino at four, Britton at three, Chapman at two, Canely at one. Um, Canely, he gave up the home run in Baltimore, but he's still so nasty. And like, I just, I trust, I, I trust him the most out of all the relievers right now. Um, having Chapman second kind of pains me because I'm on re- the record as saying, I really have never trusted Chapman coming into a game, mm-hmm. but he, he's been really good. Um, and like yesterday he did give up the run. He did give up a run. Um, it was unearned, but that was because of his own error, which don't get me started on that. Um, but yeah, I think he, I, I am gaining a little trust in him. I just still am uneasy whenever he comes into a game. And then Britton and Ottavino at three and four, they could really be interchangeable because they've both been fantastic this year. Britton's been a lot better uh, of late, and Ottavino has, he's been good. He hasn't been giving up really that many runs. He's just, his, he get he, gives up walks and he will give up a hit. He'll just allow base runners. That's mm-hmm. the only thing he'll just manage to get out of it, which will raise our blood pressures, but overall it's, mm-hmm. you still trust him. So yeah, that's uh that's my, that's my trust list. All right, G give us your top five. I think my list is basically the same as it was last week. I'm going to go Chapman at one. Um, and I mean, I know we've he's had his, you know, he has his moments. He's a little dicey sometimes, but he's 
been pretty damn good for most of this year. Um, and then I'm going to go Canely at two. At His hold on that spot is a little less strong as it was a week or so ago. He's had a couple uh, – you know, gave up the home run against the Rays. He gave up a home run against the Orioles. He's still been really, really good, and I think he's going to continue to be really, really good as the season goes on. Adovino at three and Britain at four. Adovino, other than that one thing like a month ago at this point, he's been really awesome. Uh, his ERA is a buck 48 for the season. Uh, he's pushing to move up the list, and Britain, even though I griped about him, is also pushing to move up the list. Britain hasn't given up a run since May 3rd at this point. ERA is down to 2.3. And um, I mean, he was as talented, he was as good a closer as they come. So I definitely think he has the potential to keep going. I hope he does. And uh, Holder at five is going to stay there. I thought about moving someone else in there, but Holder has been pretty, pretty okay for most of the season. When Aaron Boone doesn't send him out for a second inning at work. So, and today I'm not really going to fault him, even though he walked Billy Hamilton, which is, as I said before, very annoying, but um, you know, Gio Rochelle got eaten alive by half when he got a ground ball, and there's really nothing you can do about that. So Holder at five, and my my list is basically the same. Could change, but it's good for now. <laughs> All right. Uh, I have a new number one this week. I'm going to go Chappie number one. I know he had a little dicey uh, of an outing his last time out, but three saves on the week overall. I, I just really like how it looks. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for that blow-up uh, outing. Really hasn't happened yet. So for now, Chapman is one. Uh, Otto's too because Ottavino just he, he's really in a groove right now. He's been awesome his last few times out. Canely three. Uh, though really those three guys, you could have any of those three at one, and no one really could argue. All all three have been great. Uh, yeah, Canely did give up the home run, but you know he came into a tough situation. Shit happens, right? You're, you're not gonna you're not gonna be perfect all the time as we've seen. Um, Britain at four. He's an, I almost feel bad uh, having Britain at four because I mean I really like how Britain's pitched this year, but man, the, the the three guys ahead of him have just been that much better. It's it's really a testament. But man, I, I think we all have Holder five, and man, the drop off from four to five after you have like you know the big four, then you know it's it's like you have the choices of Jonathan Holder and like Luis Sessa, and that's really it. Or if you want to be bold and put Nestor Cortez at five or, or so Harvey or someone else. But it's Holder at five. Uh, the Yank- Man, the Yankees bullpen, though, really is just – like we expected all year, you know, when they started off really poorly, I, I think none of us were freaking out that much because you just knew they, they would figure it out. They, they would find it, and they, they've they found it, man. It's a big part. It's why this team's been the best team in baseball over the past, like, month and a half. Yo, quick note. Let's, uh, let's pour one out for uh, Jake Barrett, who went on the aisle today <laughs> with elbow inflammation, which – is yeah. you know pretty indicative of what's what's coming there. Yeah. Um, so I don't think we'll ever see him in pinstripes again. So just quick Pouring shout out for, for Jake Barrett. Uh, one of the men is pain too, which is never what you want to hear. Yeah, um, just one one of the many random Yankee pitchers that will make an appearance with the Yankees this year. Um, well, let's uh let's finish the show off with the previewing the San Diego series, right? Um. You know, <laughs> guys, wait, uh, before we before we even get into the series, is are the Yankees, are the Yankee fans going to boo Manny Machado? Like, is that going to happen? 
I think it's gonna happen, right? One hundred percent. Like one hundred percent, they're just gonna boo the hell out of him, which is so dumb. It makes no brand. sense. Like makes he said, no he sense. wanted this set of money. Yeah. Yeah. And the Yankees were yeah. like, I'm not uh, interested. Trust me, that's why I'm laughing because it really doesn't make sense. There really was never a formal formal offer out there. But hey, that's that's the, the nature of Yankee fans, right? Um, yeah, they're they're gonna boo the hell out of him, man. It's gonna be pretty funny. But yeah, it's a three game set. Um, I think what David Hale supposed to start on Monday, uh, Monday afternoon game manager. They haven't announced it. Uh, actually, we've yeah. been on the pod here during the, the post. They probably announced it by now. Yeah, maybe maybe Boone said something. Um, well, for right now the Yankees it's TBD for Monday and Wednesday. They're waiting on Paxson for Wednesday. They're hoping he could start then. It's probably going to be Hale Monday. Um, but guess what? We got a Tanaka Tuesday on Tuesday. Um, the, also, the Padres I'm pretty sure are starting three lefties this series, and uh, they are not anymore. Yeah. Oh, they're not. They they changed no. that. Okay. So they scratched Paddock today, and he's mm. starting on Wednesday now. Oh okay. God! Wait, Wednesday. Yeah. Why would they give him so many extra days? I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. interesting. Very, very interesting. He's too scheduled to pitch on Wednesday. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. Well, anyways, yeah, so Padres right now are 28-25. Uh, you know, they've had a decent year. Um, Manny Machado, not exactly lighting the world on fire, but their, their offense overall is pretty good. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully the Yankees uh, – don't get, don't get shut out, right? Uh, it's uh, how many? Ga- wait, how many games has it been since the Yankees been shut out? They said this on the broadcast the other night, and I was pretty amazed by it's, it. It's, it's like been a, a long time. It, the last time they got shut out was when the Red Sox were in New York in like the beginning of mm-hmm. July, and it was the oh, man, Sunny Gray blowout outing. Yeah, about when that, they man. when Sale shut them out. Yeah, oh, that, that was the last time. Mm-hmm. Well. Matt Strom, who I think is getting to start Tuesday, I believe. He's had a really nice year. Um, he's, he's starting tomorrow. He's Monday, yeah. yeah. Okay, and okay, then, yeah. then Lauer. And then Lauer and then Paddock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how the Yankees face off against the Padres. But really, that's such a brutal turn. And the fact that they have to travel – they're traveling back to New York right now. Mm-hmm. And then they have to have the 1 o'clock game, obviously because it's Memorial Day. It's Especially if they're playing three games in two days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. Their, and their rotation is, is right at its undervalue right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is CC spot tomorrow. Um, that's why it's probably going to be hell unless they make a move like right now. <laughs> Yo, Keuchel new to New York tomorrow? Question mark. Dude, don't even get me started. They Yo, signed Keuchel who? tonight. He's not pitching until July. Andrew, really quick, since since we're on it now, just give one minute on why signing Dallas Keuchel is the dumbest thing ever. I I've, I think I've gone through this more. Than, than I want to get into on, on my Twitter account over the past few weeks. Uh, and I even wrote an article, actually, about it about a uh, week or two quick ago. Quick plug, quick plug. But, but it literally makes no sense to add this guy right now because of, you know, it, it, all the, the noise came up when, when CC got hurt. Like, CC's injury is going to cost him one, maybe two starts. Keiko won't be ready until CC's already back. He, he won't be ready until Paxton is already back. Unless there's another serious injury in the next week or so, that you know, we really have to game plan the next month. How are we going to get through all the games against Boston coming up in June and July? And then maybe, yeah, you make a, a huge move. But Keuchel hasn't had a full spring training with the team because he's not signed. He can do whatever he wants on his own right now, but he's not pitching like he would be if he was with the team. Uh, by the time you add this guy, and I mean, of, of course, it doesn't make sense to sign him before 
what next week anyway when the draft is. But holy hell, man, that's that's my quick <laughs> rant. Yeah, uh, and the same same goes for Mad Bum. Uh, look, I was a proponent of getting Mad Bum last year when he had a couple years of control, but this year to, for people to still want him, it, come on, man, it's he's not worth it. Some some other team will probably pick him up. The Yankees starting pitching is the least of their concern, man. They, their starting pitching has been great. People are stupid. That, that's that's the moral of the story. Um, anything else, guys? Before we wrap this up. You know someone would ask for – or you know the Giants would ask for a ton from the Yankees for Mad Bum, one, because of the Yankees, and two, because of what he's done, even if what he would be in the next, like, few years isn't really that promising. Yeah. Right, and because he's young enough that he has the, the no-trade clause, and, of course, they would like to – I mean, ideally probably re-sign him long-term and keep him in San Francisco for most of, if not the rest of his career, um, to, to let go of, of that – um, that that's going to be, you know, the bigger ask than the value he provides right now. Well, guys, come on. He he pitched really well in the 2014 World Series. Five years ago, and people still talk like they want to give him the ball in game seven against the Red Sox. Like, I mean, maybe Yo, I'm wrong. Let's like, get Matt on the ball in game seven. And it ends up being awesome. I don't know, but like, damn, man. Yeah. Uh, give me give me t- nails to knock in October all day over Mad Bum at this point. You know, uh, I'll, I'll say it. Even Pat, I mean, man, I feel like Paxton's got that big game pitcher in him, you know? Yes. Paxton hasn't pitched in the playoffs, but I feel mm-hmm. like in Thanks, the, the game Seattle. against the Red Sox early, early in the year when he had 12 strikeouts in eight innings. like When he had 100 strikeouts in eight innings. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was awesome. Appro- Approximately. <laughs> well, that's going to be it for this episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. Um we're going to be recording the, the first State of the Yankees pod later tonight. It should be fun. A quick review of the season so far. Uh, it should be a fun show. Talk about all the talk about how injury riddled this team's been. Maybe we'll go through every single injury that's happened. Um, actually, I don't know. I don't know if we want to have a three-hour show, so not sure about that. But for Luigi, for G, for Andrew, and for Alex, this was the Bronx Bomber Ballot Podcast. We'll see you guys next time.